Hey guys, and thanks for tuning in. It's I80 Sports. As always, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can find us on any podcasting platform. Just head over to i80sports.com. There are links everywhere. Do that, and you guys can uh, catch us anytime on the go. This is Bob, and you're watching I80 Sports. Okay, we are continuing our 2020 off-season review by talking about the worst of the East. You guys saw us do um, the Western Conference, uh, the, the bottom of the conference, and the top of the conference separately. You can find those on YouTube. We have our own playlist set up with just those videos. We are here, of course, today with Alex. Alex, how you doing, buddy? I'm a little under the weather, Bob, but as you know, I-80 Sports, there are no sick days. I'm here to give the people what they want. I'm going to give it my best effort, so let's go. What the people want is you in the studio, so I'm not sure that, that you're, you're like you're halfway there. That will there. happen this year. I made a promise that will happen sometime this year, but not in the not in this state the way I am. I got a face for radio right now, and the way, the way the, how sick I am, you do not want to see me on video today. Let's make I mean, let's put that, make no, that clear No one's right watching now. this for our, our stunning good looks. They are watching for the outstanding soccer coverage, and that's going to start today with FC Cincinnati. FC Cincy in their first uh, inaugural season went 6-6-22 with only 31 goals scored, 75 goals against Alex. That's a 44-point goal differential. Um, They had at least goal scored, um, six less than Vancouver, and gave up eight more goals than Sporting KC. So they were absolute last in goals against and goals scored. Um, It looked promising at the beginning of the season. They had a lot of fans, a lot of season tickets sold out, um, and a new rivalry kind of a natural rivalry, the Ohio rivalry since Cincinnati and Columbus, which quickly got nicknamed the Hell is Real Derby. Um, and Ohio soccer is still suffering on that. Alex, FC Cincinnati 2019, a year to forget. Uh, yeah, uh, three coaches one year. And just as we, the coach that finished last year, Ron Jans, just had to resign due to uh, racial comments he made. Some so, really, really weird stuff, too. Like, there's so many different versions and stories. I, uh, I heard no he was rapping in a locker room trying to get the, the people up and dropped a couple of uh, of N-bombs or something. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it, it, you just can't do that. Anyway, uh, three coaches in you know 12 months, that, that's... Too many. That's too, too many. You can't have and We only won six games. You're last in scoring and most of giving up goals. That's a recipe for disaster. I mean, they had a lot of success in U.S. Suns before they came leader, beating MLS teams in the U.S. Open Cup. A lot of us thought that they may, you know, be, you know, have an outside shot of making MLS playoffs last year, but that that didn't come out. But Fernando Adi, they they picked him up to try to give us goal scoring, suspended DWIs, and uh, Darren Maddox now just recently rested for a felony for faking car insurance, getting in a car accident, and it's just it's, like, it's one what, disaster. After what are you doing, Cincinnati? I mean, you know, if you're lacking star power and you got these issues off the field, you're not going to win many games, and that's what's happening. Absolutely. Now, when we talk about their stars from last season, it is a short list. You had Alan Cruz, the Costa Rican midfielder who um, had seven goals and five yellow cards, so I guess that's an accomplishment. Um, Emmanuel Ledesma, six goals, four assists. Kikuta Mane, four goals, three assists. And Darren Maddox, three goals and three assists. Well, that's all said and good because the attack is going to look much, much different. There were was a lot of movement this offseason, which I guess is a good thing, Alex. Well, 
they needed it, that's for sure. Absolutely. There, there are three guys that I really, really look at when I, I think of, you know, the the top three, because they, they got a new top three, one for every position, two wingers and a forward. Um, they signed Yuya Kubo, Japanese 26-year-old with experience in Ghent and Nuremberg, 13 appearances for the Japanese national on wing. They signed Morocco, 28-year-old um, Adrian Regatin from French and Turkish First Leagues um, to, you know, join that trio. And one of my favorite moves this offseason, actually probably my favorite move this offseason, um, they signed Jurgen Lakodia, um, Dutch 26-year-old with experience on PSV and uh, in Brighton Hove Albion. Um, he has 45 goals in 127 games for PSV and three in 34 British Premier League games. Um, the new attacking trio is going to be up top, and I have to say, they can't do worse than 31 goals out. No, that has to be improvement. And, you know, what happened last year, it was just they can't score. They couldn't stop goals. Uh, at least they addressed that problem up front, looks like. It you know, looks like they're going to be able to score some more. Uh, you know, the defense to me is still a big question mark, and the coaching situation is a big question mark. But, again, what you said about the assignment, the Lakata guy is something to look out for. A lot, of, uh, a lot of experts around the league think he can have a pretty big year for Cincinnati, and they're going to need it from him. Absolutely. Now, when I look at this offseason, I think Lakodia is maybe my favorite signing just in MLS period. He can get the job done. He's a striker. And plus, I just don't really, I, I can't really root for Chicharito. So um, Lakodia is definitely going to be on, on my fantasy team. If, if he's the right price, he's going to be a plug and go. He will be the target man there. There's no, I mean, he's going to start every game at striker. There, there's no competition there for him. Um, and that's something when, when we see that, we got to capitalize on it. Uh, recently, the uh, Cincinnati has also been linked to Ajax midfielder Sam DeJong. Um, so far, it is just a rumor, but it seems eminent at this point. They uh, also dumped Fernando Adi, Leonard Bertone, and Roland Lama, I guess, to make room for some of these new signings. Um, Sir Alex, anything there of substance? Uh, you know, letting go of those guys that really were in difference. But getting Harris Madunian from Philadelphia to play in the midfield to distribute the ball is a pretty good move. They lack some creativity in midfield. He can do that even as a little older in the tooth. Uh, this team has a lot of, you know, you can see Dutch influence from the front office to some players to, you know, ex-coaches coming in. So they like to play a free-flowing, attacking tile, total football style. Again, we got to see who the coach is going to be to take this team seriously. I, again, I don't see this team making the playoffs. I do like the moves they made in the offseason. You got to improve on six wins out of 38 games. They're going to do that, but be a playoff team in, in the tough East. I don't see it happening. Absolutely. Now, you, you kind of spoiled alert. We, we didn't get to uh, Harrison Madunian yet. Um, comes from Philly on the reentry. Um, a, a bit of an overlooked side note with all the, the other names that they had signed. They also got a center. They got a uh, center back, Tom Peterson, on free transfer from Ostersund FK. Now, Alex, Outlook. Is this enough? Is this a team that can can sneak into one of those bottom playoff spots, or, or do you predict a a bottom feeding uh, FC Cincinnati again this year? They might not be in last place. Uh, Nashville to me is probably worse, uh, but they should win more than six games. But to be a playoff team, a top six in the East, I, I just don't see it happening. I, you know, the coaching situation again. The season's about to start. You don't even know who the coach is. That's going to start. This. They're going to be. They're already falling behind everyone else in the. They're lacking, you know, quality difference makers. I mean, they got signed a couple guys, but guys are not household names. There's no way to take the playoffs. Well, right now, when, when I was writing this up, I kind of picked the exact same thing. I said this is the one team in MLS that can literally double the goals they scored. They scored 31 goals last year. They can score 62 goals and still miss the playoffs. They gave up 75 against. Is Peterson the answer at center back? No, he's not. He's not. This, this defense didn't get any better. Um 
they can't get out of their own way. New coach again, new system. Um, I see that they're trying, and I appreciate that. And I, I think that this, there might be value to be had in this offense. If you guys are playing fantasy, um, you can pick one of these guys up. Maybe if they go off, you get a couple extra dollars in that uh, in that lineup. But no, Alex, I think we're on the same page here. Um, FC Cincinnati will be missing the playoffs again, and this is their 2020 preview. Next up is Orlando City. We have to talk a little bit about the team from Florida. They had problems of their own in 2019, going 9, 10, and 15, scoring only 44 goals and seeding 52. Their leaders include Portuguese superstar Nani with 12 goals, 5 assists, Tesho Kindele, um, Canadian forward with 10 goals and 1 assist, and Dom Dwyer, 7 goals, 3 assists. Alex Orlando last year. They they flashed. They were exciting. They visited Red Bull Arena and uh, had more fans than we did. Uh, you know, they're, since they've come into league, their fans come to the games. They last year, I saw some empty seats, which I haven't seen before in Orlando. Uh, yeah, they haven't been to the playoffs since they got in the league uh, this year, even when they had Kaka. That wasn't a difference maker. They picked up Dom Dwyer, thinking he would be a big goal scorer, you know, a big power forward to get goals. But he had seven goals last year. He's been very disappointing. Another coaching change again. It seems like every year there's another coach. In but in this Orlando. case, and let's talk a little bit about that. This is no scrub rookie MLS coach. This is Oscar Pereja from uh, FC Dallas. Does that, to, to me, that move makes this team even, let, let's say it's the exact same roster as last year, that makes this team instantly better. I agree. And, uh, but you look at the roster, they have a lot of Brazilian Portuguese influence up and down the roster, but not household names. Nani's, what, 34 years old right now. They lost Tasha Kleistin in the midfield to, to pass the ball around. Uh, they lost Christian Iguita. I mean, they're def- defensively, they're poor. I mean, they don't scare anybody. Uh, again, new coach, new system, very Portuguese. They have some Brazilian players. They seem to have a lot of pace. I don't know much about them. The league doesn't know much about them. They could be a dark horse team, maybe near the sixth spot at the end of the year, but I, I don't see it. Now, when we look at new players, they signed. Again, we, we said uh, Sasha Kleschen is out. Christian Higuita is out. They did sign Pedro Galice, 29-year-old Peruvian goalie with South American experience. And they signed uh, defender Antonio Carlos um, from a Brazilian top flight team Palmeiras. He also played in Italy, Syria and Serie B. So that's they're not difference makers. I mean, a goalie helps, a defender helps, but where's the flash? Where's the where's the beef, Alec? It's just Nani, really, and Nani needs help up front. And he, Dom Dwyer is not the answer to me. I mean, I like Akadeli's a good MLS forward, especially off the bench, a good spark that you know can get some goals late, but to me, they're gonna they're gonna have trouble scoring consistently defensively. I don't know what they have. Pare is a good MLS coach. He's probably gonna develop his own system. I'm gonna think they're maybe a little more defensive, even with the Brazilian players they have there to you know to cover up their deficiencies in the back. The East is really tough. I mean, you know, they need they definitely need a another star player up there with Nani up front to really get them over the top. And what I see on the roster right now, I don't see anyone on there that can that can really do that. Absolutely. They, they missed the playoffs in five out of five seasons. I think the, the Pareja project is long term. I, I think that the, this is not going to happen this year. I think that uh, Miami is going to make it six out of six seasons without a uh, playoff entrance. Absolutely. And I, and I know the owner wants to win. He's Brazilian. He's, you know, he's competitive. Seems like every year there's another new coach here. I, I, I hope they give this guy some time. Apparently, you know, the patience is thin in Orlando. The fans want to get in the playoffs. I don't know if this is the year that's going to be that. That's going to be the case. While it may not be a, a in-city derby, Orlando now has uh, neighbors in Miami. That uh, you know, it, it's happened in Florida before. <laughs> it, it's a it's a big state for two soccer teams, and uh, you got you got to you got to see something change here. 
I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the Miami-Orlando rivalry. Um, Miami, I think, already sold out their home opener that's coming up. Uh, getting Pizarro, one of, the, one of the best players in Mexico, coming in, that, that was a great sign Miami. They're getting, well, they're getting all the off-season off accolades. No one's talking about Orlando because no, Orlando really hasn't signed anyone that's, that makes you go, wow, look what they just did. Absolutely. So again, Miami-Orlando, you know, the interstate rivalry, that's something I'm really looking forward to. That should be a pretty good rivalry in TMLS. The last time Florida had two teams was uh, the Fusion and uh, the Mutiny, correct? That is, yes, that is correct. So let's, let's try that experiment. Uh, time number two, that is the 2020 outlook for Orlando. The next thing we have to talk about is the second half of that Ohio Hell is Real Derby. That is the Columbus Crew. They did slightly better with a 10, 8, and 16 record with 39 goals and 47 goals against in 2019. Their leaders, Jassy Zardes with 13 goals and 2 assists, and Pedro Santos, 11 goals and 5 assists. Alex, could you believe those were the only two players to score two or more goals for the Columbus crew in 2019. That's it, Zardes and Santos. Losing Higuain, one of the better players in MLS last five years, they're the face of the franchise. It was the reason for that. Uh, he wasn't there to pull the strings in the midfield. Santos had to do more. Zardes needed service. They really don't have any other playmakers around. That was the reason why they didn't make the playoffs. That's the reason they only had those two goal scorers they had. It was Caleb Porter's first year coming in. He really needed time to develop the system. Uh, again, Higuain, one of the better players in the league, not having him there made a big difference why they didn't make the playoffs or why their scoring was down. Absolutely. And they don't need to worry quite about that this season because Higuain is out. Will Trapp was traded. He's gone. And David Guzman is off the team. They filled those shoes with Lucas Zellerayan, the 27-year-old attacking midfielder from Argentina. He played four years with Belgrando in the Argentine Premier Division. Um, he moved to the Liga MX side Tigres, where he played from 2015 to 2019. And he has 21 goals in 113 professional games. He's got the experience. He's got the firepower. He is, uh, I guess, the, the, the new uh, top dog in Columbus crew. Apparently, he's having a great camp. Uh, everyone's raving about how good he's been. Uh, and him and Zardes are having a connection, I understand. So it's something to look out for. It looks like they're, you know, the, the post-Iguin era is off to a good start with this signing. Absolutely. They also signed Fernando Adi, um, MLS journeyman, assumedly for depth behind Jassi Zardes, um, who might be missing games with international duty. Let's hope that's not the case, Alex. Let's let's leave him in, in Columbus. Uh, with all the injuries on the U.S. national team, who knows what's going <laughs> to yeah. happen with Jesse Zardes. Oh, he might have to play. Man. It's going to be another terrible, terrible week. Uh, okay. Good thing World Cup qualifiers don't start to the fall, so we have some time to get these injuries right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They also signed uh, center back Vito Wormgor, the 32-year-old Dutch center. I, I don't. I think that's actually how you say his name, Wormgor. I did not mess that yeah, one up. I, as yeah, many I names as I mess up on here, I swear, I think that's how that's actually pronounced. Um, 32-year-old Dutch center back with experience abroad in the Netherlands. Um, definitely not the difference maker, but an experienced center back. That they, needed, they needed help in the back, so I'm sure he's good. He's going to bring some experience. He's played in you know top leagues in Europe, so they definitely needed him signing. They need that signing back there. And you had one more move for us, Alex. This was yeah, almost left Yeah, I like Darlington Navi coming over from Atlanta to Columbus, reunite him with Caleb Porter, who coached him in college, who coached him at Portland when he won the MLS Cup. Uh, he's going to also take some pressure off of Lucan Zellerayan, to be more of a creative midfielder in the Iguain type spot. He's definitely not Iguain, but he has to distribute the ball uh, playing midfield. I think that was a really good signing for Columbus. This is, uh, of all the teams we talked about, this is one team I think can challenge for the top six playoff spot. 
the post Iguain era to me seems like it's in good hands. They got the new buzz of new downtown stadium coming. They're getting out of the first soccer specific stadium in MLS uh, that looks like a. I don't know if you've ever been to Columbus Crew Stadium. No offense to anyone there, but compared to other stadiums around the league right now, it looks like a glorified uh, Division One college football stadium. It's not really a soccer specific, you yeah. know, modern type stadium. It's kind of outdated. I can't believe to say that after 25 years, but that's true. They have a new downtown stadium coming. There's a buzz coming on. They got some new exciting players. I think things are really looking up for Columbus, and I really think they uh, they have a really good chance to make the playoffs this year. It'll give our friends in Ohio something other to do besides cow tipping, whatever. Go watch soccer. <laughs> go, I've been to Columbus. Go, Let me tell you, that's not that go is a watch good your town. Teams, I go like Columbus. Team. I would I would mind going back to check out a soccer game. That is oh, a really good maybe time. Maybe we I have to meet I eighty sports road trip. I had a good Columbus. time there. Absolutely. After what I just said about them, I don't know if we're going to be too welcome. But that is the 2020 uh, Columbus crew um, who has a chance at making the playoffs and being on the top of this list during next offseason. When we take a look at the Great White North, our neighbors in Montreal, the Montreal Impact, also missed the playoffs last season. Um, they had a poor go of the 2019 campaign going 12, 5, and 17 with 47 goals and 60 goals against Alex. Their leaders... Safir Tater, nine goals, seven assists. They had Okonkwo, eight goals, two assists. The the new midseason signing, Lassie Lapalainen, five goals. They had uh, Aruti, four goals, six assists. Um, late edition contributors included uh, Spanish attacker Boyan with three goals in 608 minutes played. And uh, Anthony Jackson Hamill from Canada, three goals in 619 minutes um, it's also worth noting that they lost their DP Piatti for most of the season, which was a huge hit to the club. Um, and they somehow still won all of Canada and will be playing in Champions League tonight. Yeah, the big news here is uh, Piatti leaving, being sold back to, went back to Argentina for San Lorenzo, one of the best players in MLS. Uh, like Columbus Iguain. 135 appearances. Piatti's, it looks like Montreal did not replace him at all. And that is a big loss. Henri, now new coach coming in, MLS legend, one of the best players of the modern era, the ex-Arsenal Barcelona star, ex-Red Bull star coming in. He had problems coaching in Monaco, now he's coming to MLS, a lower payroll, losing his best player. Welcome to MLS, Henri. Now he's, tonight he's playing in, against Saprissa, the Costa Rican power. Uh, to me, Montreal's got a lot of problems. Uh, I don't see how they're going to... I hope they give Henri some time to bring some of his people in. You look up and down his roster, they're lacking star power. Uh, I like Tater up front. He can score. He might be able to get you 10 goals, but not having Piotti there, not replacing. They're in for a long year, in my opinion. I like it. Plowing through, ignoring me, trying to butt in with the stats. Um, Piotti is going to be big shoes to fill. 135 appearances with 66 goals and 35 assists in his time in Montreal. That that big shoes to fill. They also had uh, uh, Daniel Lovitz um, out. He went to Nashville oh. as seeing a trade for... 50K Tam, 50K oh. Gam. Now, I know you don't love Daniel Lovitz, but he could do it for Montreal. He's good enough for Montreal, even if he's if not good enough for the U.S. Good, men's they would have kept him and not sold him to one of the worst teams are going to be in, in the East in Nashville. Look at it that way. They did trade for uh, Romel Quioto, the 30-year-old winger from the Houston Dynamo, who has 15 goals and 17 assists in three seasons. That is addressing, I guess, a problem they think they had. They needed a 30-year-old winger. Um, they yeah. also signed Steven Seba, um, Haitian international from Violet AC, a Haitian team playing at Port-au-Prince. Um, he had 12 appearances for the Haiti national team, including the 2019 CONCACAF Gold Cup performance, which got him uh, named to the best 11 of the CONCACAF Gold Cup group stage. 
Man, that is not a Piatti replacement. You know, nice signing, I guess. Yeah, I like when we get some younger CONCACAF type, you know, players that may be overlooked before they go to South America, Mexico, or Europe to start here. But not replacing Piatti. Henri's walking into a hostile situation, going into Costa Rica. I, I, um, I don't see good things happen much. Again, you know, things could happen. Injuries, they can sign some guys you know, as the season goes by. Trades could happen. But this roster right now, Montreal is not making the playoffs. The only chance for any kind of success, again, is going through the Canadian Championship uh, way to get into the Champions League next year and get any kind of trophy. Absolutely. Now, Montreal is trying to play up their move to sign Joel Waterman, center back who was a sub in Canada. Alex? I think you could say it better than any of us. I don't know anything about this guy, so yeah, I don't. So I cannot that, comment on. Not, not addressing any problems here. This team got worse this offseason. They haven't addressed anything. They're going to get burnt all season long, and because they're in Canada, they are still qualified for Concacaf. They're going to get blown out tonight. They're going to get blown up and down all season. This is one of my like favorites they could be at the bottom of the list montreal impact could be the worst team in mls uh i'm you know i don't like nashville but it's any kind of injuries to montreal they're not deep they're gonna rely on their academy guys i guess to come up if there's any kind of injuries that is not gonna get it done not looking um no Henri, welcome back to mls but i wish you came back under better circumstances like coach of the red bulls but we're not gonna go. we have a coach we he, he could gm the red Okay, anyway, this is not about us. This is about Montreal and how they're going to be very bad in 2020. This is the 2020 Montreal. Rounding off the bottom five is the Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire missed the playoffs by three points, going 10, 12, and 12 in 2019. They scored 55 goals and conceded 47. That differential, Alex, tied for third in the East with Philly and tied for seventh league-wide. That is a huge differential for for a team that... uh, missed the playoffs they ended with a record much worse than expected yeah i don't think they didn't get blown out much last year in games they won they were like two three nothing at a time they could score last year problem is they you know they they gave up inopportune goals at inopportune times that's why they missed the playoffs when you look at their leaders cj sapong 13 goals one assist nemanja nikolic 12 goals Alexander Katai, six goals, six assists, and Frankowski, five goals, seven assists. They also had Nico Gaetan, four goals, 11 assists, and Georgi Mihailovic was kind of the breakout star for him, for club and country with one goal, four assists, and missing some time with national duties. Alex, those were the contributors, but here's the bad news. They got an ugly new logo. Nico Gaetan is out. Dax McCarty's out. Bastian Schweinsteiger's out. Nemanja Nikolic is out. And Alexander Katai is out. He gone to L.A., Alex, that's a lot of turnover for one team. You know, a lot of offense missing. Again, last year, to me, I liked the way they were attacking soccer. They were, they were fun to watch. Uh, Guy Tom was pulling the strings in midfield. You know, Mihailovic before, you know, he missed Frank time. had a great season. I mean, they could score. I mean, but it just, something was missing there. Playing at, at that weird, empty Naperville stadium on the outskirts of Chicago was hard to get to. Fans weren't coming. It was just, a, it was just a weird situation. And, uh, you know, that. The goal situation, the defense wasn't exactly stellar, and then that's where they are. Worried. Now with the rebrand, with the new logo, moving down to new stadium. The ugly new logo. Coach, I mean, uh, let's talk about the logo for a second, shall we? Really? So for those of you who haven't seen it, let me describe it. It's three triangles facing up like a crown in yellow, and then three triangles like reflecting down in orange. It's supposed to look like flames or something. It's like minimalist abstract. It looks kind of like the Vancouver Whitecaps. Like it kind of looks like three little mountains, but I guess there's supposed to be three little flames. Alex, it is ugly. It's bad. I mean, you know, for a rebrand and moving, you know, added that weird stain back to Soldier Field, I would think they would, you know, 
come up with something a little better and try to bring the fans back. Where they originally, you know, they used to play in Soldier Field back in the day. I, I don't know who signed off on this, but they should be fired. This Chicago is, this, teams that, usually have very nice, sleek-looking logos, too. I, I don't know what's I don't know who signed off on this, but that, that was a major error in judgment. Absolutely. Now, when we look at the players in striker Robert Barrick, I guess he is going to be part of the master plan there. Um, and we got fullback Boris Sekulic, 28-year-old Slovak journeyman who played all over Serbia, Yugoslavia, Bulgaria, Poland. Comes now to play in the United States. He's 28 years old with experience worldwide. He'll probably start at right back because, let's face it, MLS does not have depth in that position. And uh, that's not that impressive to me. No. Uh, to me, they lost a lot of firepower and they didn't replace him with any names. You know, again, going back to the original days Chicago Fire when they were good and when one MLS Cup and U.S. Open Cups, they always had a Mexican-type presence for Roy Campos and goal to Blanco up front. A uh, huge Mexican population thinking they're moving to the new stadium. You're seeing all these signings in MLS, Mexican players coming in, star power coming in. You would think Chicago would be a natural fit for that, and it didn't happen. Absolutely. Now, they did have a signing of a young um, Argentine, and that is uh, 19-year-old Ignacio Alisada. Alex, you want to talk a little bit about him? Yeah, they just signed him today, a twenty, uh, sorry, 19-year-old from the second place in Argentina Super League, Defensa and Justicia. Uh, he's been starting since 2018. Uh, apparently, he's got some flair, some flamboyant play, attacking player. Uh, they definitely need that since all the firepower lost. But to me, this is not a name signing unless you're from that part of the world. You're from Argentina. You follow the league extensively. You would not know this guy. Uh, this is not going to bring fans into the, into the, into the stadium to me. Uh, you know, I don't know how uh, relying on a nine-year-old to lead your team is well, is asking a little much this early in his career. As we spoke uh, a little yeah. earlier, I do think he can put fans in seats, but it's not going to be day one. They want the fans in seats on day one. Right. If he's playing, if he's on and, fire, a young electric player like a Puzuelo, who was you know kind of in the same same spot, he will pack seats. It's, Game you know, day some 20. of these players take Game a little time 20. coming from another culture to as a young. You know, first time away from home, coming to a new language, new city, new country. Sometimes the players have trouble adapting MLS, you know. Just getting bodied all over the field. Temperature, you know, it gets 90 degrees one day, one week, next week. You're in Van, you know, you're in Minnesota when it's like, you know, 13 degrees. He's got a lot to, you know, a lot to adapt to, to become a, a qual, you know, to be a leader on this team. Again, Chicago, I understand the rebrand. I understand the, the getting out of that, the, that decrepit stadium they have in Naperville was a good move. At the, but the logo is, to me, is poor. Not oh, signing a, so a, a major player replaced like a name like Scheinsteiger is a poor decision moving into Soldier Field. What, you know, the names we just talked about, I, I guess, are helping the guys that left. But to me, it's not going to be enough to make. Absolutely. Now, that is going to close the book on our bottom five of the East. Next week, we're going to do bottom uh, the, the top, the playoff teams from the East. And that'll conclude our preseason segment. You can find our reviews of the West top and bottom teams in, uh, it should be like in the same playlist on YouTube. You can go and find us i80sports.com and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Take us to go listen in the car. Um, when we talk about how bad the Chicago Fire logo is, Alex, we have a new logo. It's very similar, um, but we did kind of make it easier for branding black, red, and white. Um, you see, I have it on my shirt. I have it on some merch in my hand, a little water bottle. If you guys come to us to see a tailgate, come to one of our viewing events, we're going to have plenty for NFL, XFL, and uh, MLS in the future. We're going to have swag. We're going to have stickers to give out, car decals. We, we got the whole thing going on. This is our year. We're branding, Alex. We're reaching out. Do you have any final words going into the 2020 season? 
Well, obviously, we didn't use the Chicago Fire people to get a, to make our logo, which looks really sharp. They could have hired uh, me. Guys out, guys out there, check out the Champions League and watch the MLS teams continue to lose to the Mexican teams. <laughs> guys, thanks for watching ID Sports. Have a great week. Goodbye.